0: Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen.
1: Luke chapter 13 is where we're going to go this morning as you're turning there. We'll look at verses 10 through 17. We'll look at them as we walk through the passage rather than reading them all at once. I want to remind you that this afternoon at 4 o'clock, Yvonne and I want you to join us down at the Capitol. Actually in the courtyard between the Capitol building and the old Capitol. Because we're going to be praying for America. All of you who've been here for a few months anyway, know that we were doing the uh, four CPR ride, the four corner prayer ride. And Gary and Carolyn Bird, our missionaries who were leading that, had a motorcycle accident. I chose to stay with them in Portland till we got them back home. In the course of that accident, I would hurt my back. And in the course of that accident, God showed up in a big way. Don't know his name, but an angel of the Lord showed up and lifted that thousand pound motorcycle right off of her. Something I couldn't do that God could. And that continues. The guys made it to Madawaska, Maine on Thursday. They're on the way to Lebanon, Kansas now, the motorcycle riders. There are also eight other prayer routes coming from across the nation, culminating and ending in Lebanon, Kansas. Next Friday, there'll be a huge prayer meeting in that little dot on the map. It's hardly a town even. It's farm country. A huge prayer meeting thousands of people are coming from across America those eight routes will converge our four CPR ride will be there and from two to eight o'clock next Friday they're gonna be appealing to heaven for revival in America for God to touch our hearts and lives I encourage you to join with them as well and pray during that time or part of that time so this afternoon at four the southeast prayer ride which started in Miami He's going to be in Tallahassee. We're going to meet him there, 4 o'clock, in the courtyard between the Capitol buildings. There's parking down on Jefferson. There's a garage. There's on-street parking on Monroe. I want you to come and join with us. Come on, let's raise an appeal to heaven from Tallahassee, Florida. Let's see God do something mighty and powerful across our nation, originating from right here. Will you join with me? 4 o'clock. 4 to 4.30 is the time, 4 o'clock at the Capitol building. I want you to be there and join with us. Amen. Praise God. Luke chapter 13 is the story of two people. The story of two people who had the attitude that no matter what I do, no matter what I try, no matter where I go, I can't change. This is who I am. I've been that way my entire life. Nothing's going to alter my circumstances. One had a physical malady. One had a spiritual malady. One was crippled by a spirit of weakness. One was crippled by a spirit of religion. But regardless of where we are at, this story shows us the central truth that Jesus Christ came to set people free. It's for freedom, Paul said, that you have been set free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, he said, there is liberty. Jesus said you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Everything you read in the Gospels is about bringing men and women, boys and girls, teenagers, to positions and places of freedom. Where the bondages and the yokes that have been placed upon them, perhaps for their entire life, are broken off once for all. They're changed by the power of God, and they walk in freedom and liberty. So many people say, but you don't understand, Pastor. I'm this way because my daddy was this way. My daddy was this way because my granddaddy was that way. My granddaddy was that way because his daddy was that way. And on and on it goes. You don't understand the environment I grew up in. You don't understand the things that were placed upon me as a child and a teenager, and I still carry those now, and I just can't find freedom. I just can't. Well, I came with the message of hope for you this morning because Paul wrote it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I thought Isaiah was going to preach my message when he's taking the offering. He said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. A better translation is creation. He's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. When you read that scripture, you know what it says? It says that when Jesus Christ comes into your heart and into your life, you're no longer the same person. You've been made over, made new. You're a new creation. Not just a new creature. You're not just cleaned up, polished up, putting a suit and a tie and walking down the street like a believer. No! Something happens on the inside of you. He changes your DNA. He gives you hope and a future. He pulls away that I just can't. And He places within you the power of the Spirit of God that enables you to do all things through Jesus Christ. There's a change in your DNA. When you're born again. Why do I say that? Because the blood of the Son. Washes you. Cleanses you. Transforms you. Holy Spirit of the living God. Indwells you and lives within you. There's a change from the inside out. When you come to know Jesus Christ. So I was preparing this message this week. The question just kept resonating in my mind. But what? I just can't. Are you dealing with? What is it that's in your life that has you bound? What is it you've never been able to conquer, never been able to overcome, never been able to rise above? What I just can't are you dealing with today? What is it that has you? You see we need to understand that addictions can be broken through Jesus Christ. Drugs and alcohol, pornography That addiction can be broken Through Jesus Christ But it all begins with you saying I can't do it But I heard about one who can I tried and I couldn't do it Oh, but I've heard about one who can. Can I tell you about the one who can? His name is Jesus. He is gracious. He is loving. He is kind. He's ready to forgive, ready to restore, ready to heal, ready to set free. He came to break the yokes of bondage and destroy the works of the devil. It's time to stop saying, I can't, and say he can. Amen. He can. He's able. He's able. He's able. What i cancer are you dealing with? Maybe it's an immoral relationship. You know you shouldn't be living with that person. Oh, Pastor, but I love them. Then get married. Make it right. Stop living in sin. I just can't. Yes, you can. If you come to the master. He will break you free in delivery and set you free. Well, pastor, I went through a divorce, and I don't think I want to go through that again. Well, then, you're not going to help matters by living with that dude and not being married to him. You're simply kicking the can down the road. It's time to say, I can't, but I know one who can. And today, I'm going to step out of immorality and into the morality that God has for me. Amen. Amen. Oh, you're going to love this one. Maybe it's a lie. You just lie all the time. You tell lies when it's easier, it's better, more beneficial to tell the truth. You tell lies. I've come to tell you, you may not be able to break that, but there is one who can. His name is Jesus. How about gossip? We don't even talk about that in the church, we don't even go down that road. Hey, did you hear what I heard? Do you know what he or she is doing? Oh, it's so juicy. And not only do we tell a story that we've been told, which we should never tell, but we embellish it. We add to it. We make it better than it ever was. Gossip. There's a lot of folks in Christianity that are bound by gossip. Quit talking about people and start talking to God and let Him do the work in their lives. Is that news for you? You will never change a heart or a life. All you're going to do is build a barrier, drive a wedge, put a wall between you and them. Quit talking about folks and start praying for them. Let God do something in their lives. Gossip—it's a big problem. It's an I can't. How about bitterness? But you don't know what they did to me. I'm suffering from church hurt. Can I just tell you, you need to get over yourself. You know who suffered from church hurt? His name is Jesus Christ. He suffered to the point that he was beaten, he was bruised, his beard was pulled out of his face, a crown of thorns was placed on his head, and he was hung on a cross where he died. That's suffering from church hurt. That happened to any of you. You're carrying this little wound inside, and when you carry it inside, it turns into bitterness. And when bitterness has its full fruit, it turns into hatred. Why do we say, I just can't forgive? I just can't let it go. I just can't put it behind me. It's time to come to the one who can, who will enable you, who will help you, who will heal you. How about greed? We don't talk about that in the church. Because we want more and more and more and more and more. How about jealousy? How about envy? How about grief? Blaming God because you lost someone. Blaming God because death occurred in your family or in your home. Folks, I've got news for you. Since we've been here, almost eight years, we've lost my dad, Yvonne's mom and dad, I've lost a sister. I lost a really close cousin last fall. Death happens in every family. It happens in every human. And if you choose to blame God for that loss, you will never move to where God wants you to be. This is what I want you to hear. God, the God who can, wants to take your can not and turn it into healing and blessing and anointing so that when someone else suffers a loss, you don't just cluck your head and say, well, the church isn't going to help you. No, you go to them. You put your arms around them. You walk through the grief with them. You don't forget them. You don't pass them by. But you're right there. Why? Because you said I can't, but God said I can. And when God does an I can in your life, It empowers you to touch other individuals in a powerful, powerful way. Writing notes, take this down and remember it. Until you reveal it, he can't heal it. I said, until you reveal it, he can't heal it. As long as you keep it tucked away, hidden, covered up, deep inside of you, not talking about it, not confessing those things to God, he will never be able to take that I can't out and replace it with his presence. Proverbs 29:13, what does it say? He who covers his sin shall not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes his sin will find mercy. Mercy. Two people in the story in Luke chapter 13. The first one was a lady who was crippled for 18 years. The Bible says she was bent over double. She couldn't look up and see anyone. She walked looking at her feet the entire time. She was there. She was there because she couldn't find the way out of her oppression. The Bible says the woman was crippled for 18 years. Look at verses 10 through 12. Reading from the Passion Translation, one Sabbath day, while Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, he encountered a seriously handicapped woman. She was crippled and been doubled over for 18 years. Her condition was caused by a demonic spirit of bondage that left her unable to stand uprights. When Jesus saw her condition, he called her over, gently laid his hands on her. And then he said, dear woman, you're free. I release you from this crippling spirit. Instantly, she stood straight and tall and overflowed with the glorious praise to God. Now, I want you to understand this scripture. I want you to understand this story. Who wrote this book? Luke. Who was Luke? He was a physician, a doctor. And when you read the story in the Greek, you notice that the word shouldn't be translated infirmity. The Greek word actually means frailty. The Greek word actually means weakness. She was oppressed for 18 years by a spirit of weakness. And that spirit of weakness caused her to double over. So she walked around bent at the waist, unable to look anyone in the eye. Unable to have the normal life that people should have. She was oppressed. And when we read that, we recognize that this word doesn't mean she had an illness. It doesn't mean she had a disease. It doesn't mean she had a bad diagnosis. It means that the devil, the spirit of weakness, was pressing her down. The spirit of weakness was causing her to be bent over double for 18 years listen i'm convinced there's a lot of folks in christianity today who are walking around oppressed by a spirit of weakness they've allowed satan his henchmen his demonic league to push them into places they never wanted to be Her weakness, her condition, what everybody saw was not because of a disease, not because of a diagnosis, not because of an illness, it was because of a spirit of weakness oppressing her. The cause was an evil spirit. Now, she was not demon possessed, she was oppressed. Matter of fact, Jesus called her a daughter of Abraham. With that title, the implication is everything that came through the Abrahamic covenant was hers. Everything God had promised was hers. Everything that God had declared was hers. It was her birthright. It was her entitlement. She was a daughter of Abraham. Oh, somebody hear me. When you come to Jesus via the cross, you become a son and a daughter of God. You become a child of the Most High. And when you do, every promise, every word, every declaration become yours when you stand and declare, I am no longer who I was. I have been born again by the power of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit fills my life and I'm standing on the promise of God. Everything was heard. Think about the scriptures. There are 26 recorded miracles of healing in this book. Only seven of them are attributed to demonic influence. Only seven. And then when you begin reading the stories of Jesus Delivering people from demonic influence, notice what he did every time, no exception. He never touched the person, he spoke to the spirit. He commanded the spirit to leave. And when he commanded that spirit to leave, they left. You remember the story of the demoniac in the garden of the Gadarenes, the graveyard? He was possessed with so many demons, they were named Legion. Jesus didn't touch that man. He'd been living in a graveyard naked. The folks in the town had tried to chain him up and calm him and tame him, but nothing would work. But when Jesus appeared, when Jesus appeared, he didn't try to tie him up. He didn't try to chain him. He didn't put him in jail. He didn't put him in a straitjacket. He didn't put him in a mental institution. What did he do? He spoke to the devils. He spoke to the demons. What happens? The Bible says that they came out of him, entered a herd of swine, and the swine ran off a cliff and killed themselves. I guess you could say they committed suicide. You'll get that next week. He spoke to the devils. The devils left. Listen, what's the problem with this woman? She believed a lie. The spirit of weakness lied to her and told her, you can't stand up, you can't be normal, you can't be free, you're oppressed, you're bent over double, nothing's ever going to change. She believed a lie. My question to you this morning is, who are you listening to? Are you listening to a spirit of weakness? that will keep you in the same position you have been in for your entire life or are you listening to the word of God are you listening to what God has to say? Can I tell you, if you listen to culture today and try to confirm to culture today, you're going to find yourself just like that woman, all tied up, all bound, all angry inside because nothing's going right. But if you will listen to the word of God, if you'll hear a word from the throne, if you'll turn your eyes and your attention to the promises of the Father, you're going to rise up. You're going to move forward. You're going to see God do mighty things in your life. It's time. To evaluate who I'm listening to. Who I'm listening to. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. Paul wrote it this way. Neither give place to the devil. The Passion Translation says this. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity. Catch this word. It's a great translation. An opportunity to manipulate you. Don't give him an opportunity to manipulate you. Anybody ever been around a manipulator? I despise him. I despise him. Don't you even try to manipulate me. I'm going to reject that as an attack from the enemy. And don't be surprised if I don't not smile and say, get behind me, Satan. Manipulate you. That's what he does. He manipulates people. He convinces you you can't when really you can. He convinces you it's impossible when really it's possible. He convinces you that all you're ever going to see is your shoes and the dirt under your feet. You'll never see the face of your family. You'll never experience the love as a normal person. He convinces you that that's your normal. That's not how God wants you to live. God doesn't want you to live bent over. Stooped, burdened, oppressed. But I've tried to quit drinking, Pastor, and I just can't. I've stopped, tried to stop being bitter, and I just can't. I've tried to forgive, and I just can't. Because you haven't came to the right place. You haven't heard the right voice. You haven't experienced the right Power. There are some things that Satan does to us that causes us to be bound with the spirit of weakness. And we then allow him to convince us in our mind, in our spirit, in our body, that it can't happen. It will never change. Nothing is going to change in my life. Listen to me. You give the devil an inch, he's going to take your whole home. And on top of that, he's going to steal your joy. He's going to rob your peace. He's going to take away your assurance. He's going to remove the promise of God's provision. He's going to tell you nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. You may as well just go ahead and do yourself in. Because you're not doing anybody any good. Come to tell you that's a lie from the pit. You need to rebuke it right now. You need to stand up and say, no, Lord, I will no longer live under the spirit of oppression. I will no longer live under a spirit of weakness. But I've heard the word of God, and I know you, Jesus, can set me free. Now, notice the scripture. What did Jesus do first? He spoke to her. The Bible says he saw her in the synagogue. Then he called to her and had her come to him. Then he spoke to her and said, you're loosed from the spirit of weakness. And then he touched her. I want you to notice that progression. He saw her. He called her. He spoke to her. Then he touched her. Folks, you're in this room this morning. You're online right now. I've come to tell you, Jesus is looking for you. He's looking for you. And when he sees you, he's going to call you. He's going to say, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's calling you. And then when you respond, he's going to speak a word into your life. A word of forgiveness, a word of restoration, a word of healing, a word of hope, a word of help. Will be deposited into your life. Notice, though, in the scripture, he spoke to her and said, you're loosed from that spirit. But she was still bent over. You notice that? She was still bent over. You see, she heard the words, but her mind didn't have the ability to tell her body, you need to straighten up. It still hadn't processed what Jesus spoke to her. You're free from that spirit of weakness. But she was still bent over. Anybody ever went to the carnival and rode the Mexican hat? You know, that thing goes around and around and around and around and around and makes you puke. Anybody? Am I the only one that's ever rode a Mexican hat? My goodness. This is unbelievable. We need to rent one so all of you can ride it so you can puke. It's a great experience. When you get off that ride, the ride has stopped spinning, but you haven't. So you stagger around like you're drunk. You move around like you're still going around and around and around. That's what happened. 18 years, she had been bent over double. 18 years, she had not stood up straight. 18 years, her mind convinced her body that she was handicapped and would stay that way the rest of her life. Nothing would ever change. Jesus spoke to her and said, Be loosed of the spirit of weakness. She stayed bent over. Nothing changed. Then notice what happens in the scripture. Jesus touched her. And the Bible says when he touched her, she stood up straight. And she began to glorify God with all of her heart, with all of her mind, with all of her soul, with all of her body. Oh, I believe she was singing, love lifted me. Love. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. what just eye cancer are you carrying today? Worry, anxiety, pain, a wounded spirit, addiction, immoral relationships. I've come to tell you, Jesus sees you. And right now he's calling you. And he wants to speak into your life. And he wants to put his touch upon you. Jesus wants to do something mighty, miraculous, powerful in your heart and in your life. Oh, she may have been singing Love Lifted Me, Tom, are you ready? But really, what she was singing is give God the glory. Come on, give God the glory. I said give God the glory. Give God the glory.
0: You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more.